the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Milanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome, Biblical Citizens. Today we're going to speak with a leading member of the California State Legislature, mainly about his lawsuit against our governor, Gavin Newsom. It's described as making Newsom answer for one-man rule, which we've been very concerned about, those of you who've been listening to the show. A trial date is set, 9 a.m., October 21st, Superior Court of California, Sutter County. And according to our guest today, Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, he's a plaintiff in Gallagher and Kiley versus Newsom, It's about more than one unlawful executive order. It's about, quote, vindicating the constitutional checks and balances that have served our country so well for 233 years. And then we're going to later talk about other key issues like wildfires and lockdowns. Kevin Kiley grew up in the Sacramento area where his father was a physician and his mother was a teacher. He graduated from Harvard University and taught 10th grade English in the Los Angeles area. He then graduated from Yale Law School, becoming a lawyer and then a state deputy attorney general here in California. He also co-owns and operates One Kiley Cattle Company. And in 2016, he was elected to the California State Assembly for the 6th District, which includes parts of Placer, Sacramento, and El Dorado counties. He won a second term in 2018 and is a candidate for re-election again this year. As a member of the California Assembly, he's been quite a leader on a number of issues, uh, and he's been one of the critical people that have been uh, calling in, calling for reining in Governor Newsom. So we are so honored to have you with us today, Mr. Kiley. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. So you are really taking on a huge monster, we might say, uh, you know, Ms. Governor Newsom has just run roughshod over the Constitution, it seems to us. So, you know, shutting down businesses and churches, picking winners and losers, uh, depriving people of their property rights. So tell us, you know, more about your lawsuit and how it's going. Give us more details. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, as you well know, and as you just described, I mean, we've been living through several months now of essentially a one-person government. And uh, Gavin Newsom has uh, taken on unprecedented power. Uh, he's uh, usurped uh, the role of the legislature, uh, to be sure, and has issued, uh, at this point, 53 executive orders. Uh, that have unilaterally changed over 400 California laws, and he's made many new laws, uh, which is well beyond any uh, legitimate authority that he has. So, uh, you know, James Gallagher and I, uh, we're both members of the State Assembly, and we thought it was important to, to take a stand and to try to stand up for uh, not only the legislature as an institution, but our entire constitutional uh, system of checks and balances, because the whole edifice is under threat uh, from the lawlessness of Gavin Newsom. And, uh, you know, this is uh, our system of government. Uh, this is what Republican government is all about, is you're supposed to have policy made uh, via the people's representatives in a process where the public can participate. Uh, but if the governor simply takes all power uh, of the government under for himself and issues uh, decrees by fiat uh, that, you know, uh, profoundly impact the lives of 40 million people in California, and they have no chance to even have any say uh, in what that policy is going to be, then, you know, we're a, a democracy, we're a Republican name only at that point. So that's the core principle at the heart of our lawsuit, is we're just asking the courts to come in as the third branch of government and uh, restore the proper constitutional balance. And what about this unending state of emergency? It seems to me like he is just going beyond the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of California, and the law that is applicable to the state of emergency. Isn't that right? And what about this ruling in Pennsylvania that said month seven of the state of emergency, the so-called state of emergency, is not the same as month one? That's right, yes. That was a very interesting ruling that just came down. And so there's a number of a number of issues here. First of all, uh, uh, myself and, uh, and James Gallagher have also also introduced uh, Assembly Concurrent Resolution 196, which would terminate uh, the state of emergency, terminate Newsom's emergency powers. We actually introduced that several months ago. That's something the legislature can do. That's in the Emergency Services Act. Is if the legislature passes a resolution, it can cut off the governor's emergency powers. So, but unfortunately, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle have not been willing, at least not yet, uh, to move that legislation forward. So. Uh, the Emergency Services Act is a, an extremely, I would say even uh, insanely broad uh, piece of legislation that does grant tremendous power to the governor that gives him the right uh, to declare a state of emergency, and then that state of emergency continues indefinitely until either he or the legislature uh, decides to terminate it. So one of the things that I'm introducing for legislation for next year is a bill to reform the Emergency Services Act so it doesn't give blank check to a, a runaway governor like Gavin Newsom. Uh, all of that being said, even given the extraordinary broad powers that the Emergency Services Act does confer, Gavin Newsom has still well exceeded uh, the limits of that law. Uh, for example, he's passed, uh, he's issued orders that really have nothing to do with COVID-19 or the state of emergency, and that's not something you could do under the Emergency, emergency Services Act. Or he's created a whole new laws himself. Uh, that, again, is not something you can do even under the Emergency Services Act. 
so this uh, case out of Pennsylvania that just came down, uh, it um, uh, essentially uh, uh, struck down some of the uh, restrictions that the governor there had put in place. And one point that was very important was the court said, look, we're not in March anymore. You know, maybe if you have to take very aggressive action uh, in a short time span to deal with an emergency, like traditionally, you know, an earthquake or uh, something, hurricane, something like that, or even a pandemic, uh, then uh, we will look at uh, the uh, the justification uh, for the restrictions on liberty in a different way uh, in that circumstance than in the circumstance we're in now, where we have something truly unprecedented. We have a, we're in the seventh month of this so-called state of emergency with no end in sight. Well, and the ju- when you talk about the justification for it, I, as a, as a nurse, have questioned the science behind this from the beginning. And where are the studies that show that these measures even work? And what's the basis for this? So, yes, that's really in question. I want to talk a little bit, uh, Con- uh, Assemblyman Kylie, about uh, the broader other lawsuits also filed. We interviewed Congressman Darrell Issa last week, and we were just talking broadly about the 30-odd lawsuits against Governor Newsom. And I I made the point, I said, you know, it seems like so far, in in several different cases anyway, the court has not ruled favorably on some of these lawsuits. And he made the point, and I think it was a good one, that he still feels like even in those cases, they have had a positive effect because Newsom sometimes, he he changes his policies because he doesn't want to lose in court. And so relative to to that, I I had read that his lawyers had inquired of you, I believe, about a potential settlement in your case, although I understand they also made some other recent change. Question is, do you have any hope that they're going to make meaningful changes and, and try to reach a settlement with you in your case? Well, I think that uh, there's probably not a good prospect for a settlement right now because we're not willing to accept anything less than a uh, you know an order that you stop acting in an unconstitutional fashion. Uh, but to your point, I do think that uh, the litigation has had at least uh, maybe a minor uh, restraining effect uh, on the governor that he isn't cutting new law out of full cloth as frequently as he. Uh, was a couple months ago. And, you know, in our case, is actually the only case where there's been a ruling against the governor. We got an initial uh, temporary restraining order. So uh, I, it, is the, it is true that when you're in uh, a state of emergency, which, again, is a, is a legal state of affairs, a political state of affairs that the governor enacts and uh, is not uh, a description of, you know, what's going on with the virus or anything else. It's a political and legal matter, whether we're in a state of emergency, uh, when that is the case, you know, courts have traditionally been reluctant uh, to get involved. Um, but, you know, in our case, we're presenting an argument that this is uh, a good opportunity for the court to get involved, because actually, in our case, the particular executive order at issue, the governor basically admitted he didn't have the power to issue it. And then also, you know, as the court said uh, in uh, the Pennsylvania case, as this drags on, uh, it provides more of a, uh, of, of a reason for the courts as the third branch of government uh, to try to, you know, maintain some balance among the three branches. Well, it seems to me that picking essential businesses versus non-essential and just decreeing that a business owner cannot use their property, their business, as they see fit, or telling churches that they cannot meet on their own property that they own uh, is against the 14th Amendment that says the state may not deprive property owners of their property without due process of law and without, uh, you know, equal protection of the law. 
Isn't that isn't that correct? I mean, well, yes. I mean, and uh, the, the thing is that um, there's never been any real evidence offered by the governor's office to justify uh, his restrictions. And in fact, they keep changing them. You know, how many different systems have we been through now? We've had tiers, we've had colors, and we've had. You know, they tell business owners you need to uh, meet these criteria, and then you'll be allowed to open. And then suddenly, it's a whole different set of criteria, uh, which is not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to have uh, you know the set criteria, and and then you know the uh, the circumstances may change, but you're, you're, you're using the same yardstick the entire time. If you keep uh, swapping uh, for a new yardstick, then that's just a, a recipe for chaos. So that's one of the reasons that I've tried to actually get the legislature as a whole to take a more active role in all of this. Right. Let's have oversight hearings to ask the governor and his administration, what is the justification for this? Where is the data showing that this particular type of establishment is contributed uh, to transmission of the virus? Where is the evidence showing that closing school uh, is a good idea, that it has any positive impact when it comes to limiting transmission, uh, that the benefits, if there are any, outweigh the profound harm that we're doing to kids and to families yes, uh, and by so keeping them at home? The, 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 the point is that it is really not evidence-based as it should be. I mean, you can see that because they keep changing the goalpost. One, we have about 30 seconds, but speak to what people can do. You know, I I understand that in Placer County, the restrictions got lifted because of a group of citizens headed by Peggy Hall, and they put pressure on the uh, the county supervisors. So you t- you talk about in your blog how people can get involved and what they can do. You know, a lot of different citizens groups, uh, you know, that are getting formed. And then, uh, you know, there are also, of course, uh, groups affiliated with the Republican Party and other community organizations where people are coming together and amplifying their voice. And I think that's vitally important because that's the best, the best check we have against uh, an abusive governor is, uh, you know, the people as a whole uh, coming together and demanding change. Right. They can speak out on social media. They can call their legislators. They can... Uh, we're we're just, coming up to the many break now. This has been really good. We're talking with California State Representative Kevin Kiley. Stay with us. After a short break, we're going to talk more with Kevin about wildfires, AB5, and the outrageous new law that may be related to pedophilia. Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. God loves San Diego. This is K-Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are talking with Kevin Kiley, California State Representative for Sacramento, El Dorado, and Placer Counties. Kevin, many counties around our state, including right here in San Diego, are battling with wildfires, and it seems, unfortunately, this, like almost everything's become a political issue. Governor, Governor Newsom and some others are blaming the fires on not doing enough about climate change. Although I did see him after visiting with President Trump, he seemed to admit at least somewhat that it might be partly due to forest mismanagement. What, what do you say about the wildfires? Well, I mean, first of all, it's just been absolutely devastating for many, many people uh, in uh, in our state. And, uh, you know, this is many years uh, in a row now that we've had to deal with this to, to different degrees. And so, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone who's lost their homes, been evacuated, and who sadly uh, have had some people lose their lives. Uh, you know, in the context of all of that, I know that some of the people that I've talked to in the affected areas, affected areas, uh, were really offended that Gavin Newsom decided to use their community and their suffering as a backdrop for what was kind of a, a made-to-go-viral political 
uh, ad that he did and then put on Twitter, uh, you know, where he had, uh, where we were in the forest and, uh, and sort of uh, intoning about uh, uh, climate change and encouraging people to vote. I think that that was a really inappropriate, uh, you know, uh, use of this tragedy uh, for the governor's own political purposes. And he ought really, uh, you know, shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. He's focusing on, uh, as the governor, on helping those communities to respond to the wildfires and helping them recover. So when it comes to the question of forest management, I mean, everyone knows that the science is very clear that this is something that has contributed to the propensity uh, for catastrophic wildfires in California, is that our forests uh, are uh, way too dense, and uh, we have made it... Uh, inordinately difficult uh, to properly manage them and to clear them out and to have them uh, at healthy uh, density levels of trees and to have uh, even prescribed burns, which has been a, a tool to making sure that you can control when and where things burn as opposed to leaving it uh, to nature. So, uh, you know, you, you, whatever one's views are on the uh, impact that climate change has on all of this, uh, we're certainly not going to be able to, uh, you know, significantly change that factor any time in the, you know, in the immediate future to stop people, the suffering that's going on now. But we can change the, the ridiculous environmental laws and forest management policies uh, in a very short amount of time to help people right away. And so for the governor to, to focus on the climate change angle, yeah, it's something that is you know, uh, going to get him more attention uh, politically, but it's not based upon what we know from the science uh, what's going to get the most help to the most people in the shortest amount of time. So once again, they're not following the science, which they claim to do. Yep. Right, exactly. We could talk more about that, but I want to talk about another issue that you've really been leading on. You've been leading on the lawsuit against Gavin Newsom. You've also been leading the efforts against AB5, which I think many of our listeners are familiar with. You can talk more about it, the, the bill that effectively many would argue, is shutting down hundreds of thousands of independent contractors, from graphic artists to Uber drivers. But rather than talk about the whole issue right now, could you let us know about Prop 22 and what it does and what it doesn't do, if it does pass? Sure. So Prop 22 would uh, roll back 85 um, specifically for app-based drivers. So that's primarily Uber and Lyft drivers. It also includes the likes of uh, DoorDash. Uh, Postmates and uh, and drivers like that, and uh, you know, eighty five, as you said, has effectively banned being an independent contractor in actually hundreds of different professions, um, and it's uh, resulted in uh, an unbelievable amount of uh, you know destruction of people's livelihoods uh, in California, the worst possible time, uh, mind you. But um, sort of the, the biggest target all along has been Uber and Lyft. There are hundred thousand drivers in the state of California. And because of this law, they were actually on the verge of shutting down, uh, leaving California entirely about a month ago. And they're only still here because there was an emergency uh, stay issued by a court. So at this point, it's basically up to the voters. If Prop 22 passes and allows their drivers uh, to remain uh, operating uh, as independent contractors or something, uh, you know, that's not uh, forced to be a W-2 employee, then they'll be able to stay. Uh, and the drivers will be able to continue to work. Whereas if the initiative doesn't pass and they're forced into a business model that doesn't make any sense uh, for those companies and for that industry and for that type of service, then they'll be forced to leave California. Uh, millions of people will not have access to ride sharing and what talks about the taxi cabs, I guess. 
Uh, and uh, their 100,000 drivers uh, will no longer have that work opportunity. You know, from a political standpoint, it seems to me some issues are just, you know, Republican versus Democrat. But it seems like AB5, uh, there's some Democrats I know, perhaps within our own family, that uh, are really upset with this law. So isn't there a possibility to get Democrats, independents, as well as Republicans fighting certainly for passage of this proposition, proposition, but hopefully, more importantly, just repeal the whole darn law. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the folks who are really affected by it and who are fighting it uh, most, uh, you know, uh, passionately. Um, it is a multi-partisan coalition that probably is majority Democrat. If you look at some of the groups like the Freelancers Against AB5 group on Facebook that has over 20,000 or close to 20,000 uh, members by this point. So it is by no means... Uh, partisan, the opposition to this law, uh, except in one particular place, and that's the state capitol, where it was in fact passed and it's been maintained uh, by a party line vote. Now that has nothing to do uh, with the policies or values that people traditionally associate with the parties. It has everything to do with the corruption of our state capitol, that the majority party is uh, completely controlled by a special interest group, uh, these massive uh, conglomerates that call themselves unions but have basically just taken over uh, true worker advocacy organizations and, and turned them into profit centers and then used that, uh, their um, enormous uh, funds uh, to install politicians who will do their bidding uh, with laws like AB5. So uh, I think that uh, you're actually seeing in the election, in some of these races where there's a Democrat running against another Democrat, uh, that uh, that one of the Democrats will say, I'm opposed to 85. So I think that's an encouraging sign. That's encouraging, uh, that, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, there's, uh, the movement is growing, and it is uh, certainly not dominated by one party or the other. And I think, frankly, if Prop 22 passes, then there'll be a newfound impetus to re- uh, repeal the whole thing next year. Well, I don't see what justification they use. What do they say is the justification for shutting down people's independent contract businesses? I mean, I... I I don't even know what their argument. I would think be. it's the unions, but yeah, right. But they, but what do they say is the is the reason? I mean, well, they say that uh, that you know, uh, if you're an independent contractor, then you don't receive the benefits that you do if you're an employee, like you know, uh, uh, paid sick leave or health care or unemployment. But that's your choice. Uh, minimum wage, exactly. So that's the reason the argument is uh, complete nonsense is that people decide to be independent contractors, 2 million of them in California, with eyes wide open, uh, knowing that, you know, with the flexibility that comes with being your own boss, uh, you know, that, that's a trade-off uh, where you don't have necessarily the, uh, the level of, of benefits that are just uh, automatically given to you uh, as a W-2 employee. And that's the way it is supposed to be. Uh, that's yeah. the way, uh, you know, people have uh, built livelihoods in California for, uh, for decades, and that's you know the way that many uh, business models and industries operate, and uh, people, and especially you know folks who have uh, unique life circumstances, rely on that flexibility. Whether it's being a single parent, or whether it's uh, you know uh, being someone who's uh, a senior and is trying to supplement your social security, or someone who has uh, health challenges, mental health issues, and needs to be able to uh, you know uh, have flexibility and can't work in an eight-hour shift, but I need to be able to work from home or work on your own terms. You know, that's, that, those are all of the sort of things that being an independent contractor entails, and, and that's exactly what AB5 has, has shut down for so many people. Thanks, Kevin. I want to touch on, on one more issue in the shorter time remaining. 
So as you have as you have stated in your in your blogs and posts and so on, the state legislature is off on a four month recess. They haven't addressed any of the issues we've talked about so far. And you might say, speaking sarcastically, they gave us a last minute Christmas present of a law affecting quote consensual sex. This is not a maybe real pleasant issue, but it's a very real issue. Uh, consensual sex between, for example, 24-year-olds and 14-year-olds not having to be listed as sex offenders. I don't know all the details of what passed, but my question for you is, how could a bill like this pass, and what, what's your view on it? Uh, well, my view on it is I think it's uh, it's absolutely awful. I voted against it. Uh, unfortunately, it did pass the legislature with a minimum number of votes in the Assembly, and the Governor Newsom is now uh, signed it into law. And, uh, you know, it used to be uh, that if you are uh, someone who, uh, you know, engages in a sexual act uh, with a minor, uh, and, uh, you know, this bill covers, as you said, uh, up to an age gap of a 24-year-old and a 14-year-old, then it's just automatic. After you're convicted, you have to register as a sex offender. I mean, that is, by the very definition of a sex offense, uh, it is, uh, you know, absolutely heinous. Uh, and what this bill does is it takes that uh, away. It says that it's no longer automatic. You have to register as a sex offender, that there's uh, discretion given to the judge as to whether you do or whether you don't. So uh, there's no other way to fight it that this is a way of making uh, our criminal law uh, more lenient uh, towards uh, some of the worst sex offenders. And uh, remember, the purpose of the sex offender and, registry is Yeah, to we have to kind of cut off right, right now, but uh, this is just a terrible bill. It's one of the many other uh, outrages coming from our capital. So we thank you so much, Assemblyman Kylie, for being with us today. It's been a real honor to hear your explanations. You're offering us some real hope. We you know, we say God bless you with your lawsuit, and uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Uh, anytime. Take care. To bless your neighbor this week, go to Kevin at electkevinkiley.com. Get on the mailing list. You will be kept informed of developments in the legal case against Governor Newsom. Pray for Governor Newsom for his salvation, for his repentance, that he will stop his dictatorial dictatorial ways. Uh, Next week on Biblical Citizen, we will review the important state propositions, including Prop 22 that we've discussed today and uh, the other propositions on our ballot. Frank Kaser, an expert on this, will explain to us what they mean. So God bless you again, and bye-bye till next week. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.